like a fetish club for your ears. Grab a hot drink and turn down the lights. Coming across the airwaves and into bedrooms everywhere, BDSM United is bringing you non-violent, consensual, kink education. This isn't for the kiddos or for the cookie-cutter conservative vanilla prunes. We'll be talking bondage, discipline, dominance, submission, sadomasochism, and more today on this BDSM United podcast. I'm Primal Piggy. Welcome to another edition of the BDSM United podcast during our Locktober month series. Uh, Many people who enjoy the control of wearing a chastity belt or a cage also enjoy having a clear set of rules and expectations to abide by. For this reason, many key holders choose to implement a chastity contract. While it's easy to get caught up in the excitement of permanent chastity from the get-go, I'm here to advise you to take some time to consider these suggestions and recommendations to help you get the most out of your new chastity venture. First off, I'm Primal Piggy. You can find me on Facebook at The Primal Piggy. It's all one word. You can also find me as an admin of a rather large Facebook page called Whips, Chains, and Duct Tape. You can find that page on Facebook at WCDT BDSM. You can also find us on our website, www.bdsmunited.com. A chastity contract is a signed agreement between two or more people regarding the usage of a chastity device. The contract requires the submissive to hand over control of their genitals to the keyholder and or dominant, depending on whether you're paying somebody or whether the person is in a relationship dynamic with you for a specific or specified time period. Both parties agree upon a set of rules and expectations to adhere to during this time, along with penalties and or punishments for any transgressions. As with all BDSM contracts, a chastity contract is really not a legally binding document, though you should have the mindset that treat it as such, and it should be adapted to suit individual needs prior to signing. Now, just a note here, not to skip past doing proper vetting and negotiations prior to getting into any contracts with anyone. Giving complete control of your genitals to another person is a very serious responsibility, and it's important that you do your research before handing over any keys. Whether you're choosing to engage in chastity with a partner or a professional, safety and the user's health should always be your top priority. Any form of chastity contract should be very clear and easy to understand by all parties and must include information on what to do in an emergency or in the event of disagreement between both parties. The contract should include details about how and when the keys will be returned at the end of the contract period and what constitutes an acceptable reason for removing or asking for permission to remove the device. For instance, health or maintenance, pain, medical appointments, air travel. The contract should include both the user's and the keyholder's hard limits, which must be respected throughout the contract. If at any point in the drawing up the contract, the following are observed, um, we really strongly suggest suspending negotiations until the concerns are resolved to the satisfaction of all parties. 
Um, having a written contract is a symbol of dedication to the act of chastity from both parties and also functions as a reminder of the agreed rules. There are three main forms of chastity, uh, of a chastity dynamic. There's self-locked chastity with a romantic and or sexual partner and chastity with a professional key holder. Self-imposed chastity is often used to help with personal goals such as weight loss or addiction or to enhance solo, sexual, or erotic play. Typically, you wouldn't use a contract for self-chastity, but it might be helpful to write down some short-term and long-term goals, along with some actionable steps that you can take to meet both of those types of goals. Any chastity arrangement between two or more people in a relationship should ideally be mutually beneficial. And it should be a con and a contract is often drawn up to share the needs and the desires of each person or as a way of committing to their ongoing relationship. A BDSM contract between partners or lovers will vary according to the practicalities of the specific relationship dynamic. Contracts between people who cohabitate typically contain requirements particular to the couple's living arrangements, performance of household chores, for instance. For those in non-cohabiting or long-distance relationships, it's less likely to focus on the fulfillment of domestic duties, but fortunately, many services can also be rendered to the key holder remotely. For example, the user may be required to manage their dominance online diary, order their weekly groceries, or assist with any other administrative tasks. Often this is uh, to add benefit to the uh, dominant or the key holder's uh, uh, side of things. Chastity contracts typically lay out an expectation of how the user should serve the sexual requirements of the key holder. This can range from direct in-person sexual gratification to the inclusion of things like phone sex, remote use sex toys, or the provision of explicit photos or videos of the user as desired of the key holder. A contract may also include stipulations which control the user's masturbation or their porn habits to assure sexual fidelity. Any fitness or health goals can also be managed effectively from a distance as well as between cohabiting partners. Although chastity is a form of bondage well suited to relationships within a DS dynamic, many people who are unpartnered still enjoy power play or surrendering their sexual agency. There's absolutely no shame in engaging a professional to indulge your kinks and fantasies, though it's not something we personally endorse at BDSM United. When engaging in chastity with a professional keyholder, the relationship dynamic is different to that within a partnered couple. The purpose of the arrangement in this case is to cater to the user's requirements or requests, which may be geared towards self-improvement like overcoming pornography addiction, health goals, or boosting motivation, or to fulfill a fetish and is almost always based on a financial agreement. Just as you would pay a plumber or a personal trainer, a professional keyholder is unlikely to engage with clients on an unpaid basis, unless in rare circumstances that the user offering is offering an exchange of professional services. 
So what should the contract include? Well, a chastity contract should be based entirely around the desires of all the parties involved and, and how to make these mutually beneficial. The possibilities are endless, but you don't have to itemize or record every fantasy you've ever had. That's a very long list, and it can be hard to remember because contracts are uh, simple and clear and can still cover a lot of ground. When they, when, sorry, when they are simple and clear, they can still cover a lot of ground. Keep in mind that there may be differences between professional key holders and those in a personal relationship. Don't make any assumptions that a professional will be happy to engage in any form of sexual activity and ensure you discuss boundaries clearly when drawing up a contract with a professional. Here are some things you might see in a contract. The user agrees to wear the chastity device for the duration of the contract unless permitted to remove it by the keyholder or maintenance, for instance. The user acknowledges that they'll be permitted a maximum of blank ejaculations or orgasms per blank days. The user won't touch or fondle their genitals without permission or instruction by the keyholder, given entirely at the keyholder's discretion. Any such requests made by the user will be denied. User acknowledges that the rewards up to and including orgasm will be assigned by the keyholder for good behavior, including but not limited to, to blank, which are activities the keyholder enjoys, like gifts or pampering or dinner dates, for instance. User agrees to keep a written chastity diary for the duration of the contract, including levels of arousal and frustrations, rewarded orgasms, denied orgasms, cleaning tracker, and anything done during release periods. The user acknowledges that release may be accompanied by restraint as determined by the keyholder. User will perform tasks assigned by the keyholder. Um, there may be uh, some self-development by the keyholder. These tasks may include running errands, cleaning and serving the keyholder, being exposed to sexually arousing materials or, or actions without relief, worshiping the keyholder's image or items of clothing or sexual organs, uh, exercising or other methods of weight loss, learning a new language, an instrument, or a skill. So there's a lot that can be in a uh, in an agreement. You might find things like the user will not irritate the keyholder by complaining or otherwise questioning the agreement terms. You might find that the user is responsible for purchasing a chastity device of the correct sizing in accordance with the keyholder's requirements and the user's lifestyle needs. Um, perhaps the device must be approved by the keyholder before your purchase. The keyholder and the user will each take charge of a spare key for emergencies, but agree not to touch, use, or tamper with the key other than in an emergency situation. The key holder may enforce their own rule around the storage of the user's spare key. The user will be responsible for maintaining the device, cleaning it regularly, and informing the keyholder of any concerns regarding function or hygiene. Um, there may be a weekly nude inspection. It may be mandatory within, wherein the user will present themselves to the keyholder. 
Oftentimes, the keyholder agrees to handle the user with respect and prioritize their health and safety throughout the chastity agreement. The keyholder accepts ownership of the user's genitals for the duration of the arrangement, and the keyholder agrees to keep the user's key on their person or within reach at all times with the exception of possibly air travel or bathing, or maybe they're undergoing a medical treatment. Both parties often agree that modifications to the agreement may be required and such modifications may be added um, like as an appendix to the back of a contract or an amendment. Um, oftentimes any disputes regarding chastity of the user will ultimately be resolved by the keyholder at their discretion. However, the user may terminate the contract at any time if they feel unsafe. Everyone will acknowledge that a chastity contract is not a legally binding document, but a mutual agreement between a keyholder and a user. Breach of the contract often by the keyholder will constitute a cancellation. Cancellation of a contract by any party will result in immediate release of the user from their device. Uh, any misdemeanor committed by the user will be punished. The keyholder often decides on the mode and the method of punishment as they see fit in response to whatever the transgression is. Uh, the keyholder is often authorized to enforce the suppression of privileges along the, uh, alongside uh, whatever punishments are outlined, such as withholding access to the keyholder's body or attention, banning of entertainment, uh, enforcing additional chores or tasks for the user. Now, contracts, they can be verbal. They don't have to be formal. They don't have to be written down. They're essentially just agreements that are made following discussions. The important thing to remember is that being aligned in your expectations of each other during the contract period and having clear communication procedures will drastically improve the experience for everyone involved. I'm Primal Picky. You've been listening to the BDSM United podcast. Uh, you can find me on Facebook at The Primal Piggy, all one word. Also at Whips, Chains, and Duct Tape on Facebook at WCDT BDSM. And, of course, on the web at www.bdsmunited.com. If you've been enjoying this podcast, uh, if you're listening on your favorite platform, we're available on many different platforms, please leave a like, a subscribe, a review so that you can connect with us and so that other adults can also connect with this podcast and find these valuable BDSM uh, educational resources. Thanks again for listening, and join us next time for another Locktober podcast. Before you go, head on over and visit our friend Nookie at datingkinky.com. She's been a longtime supporter and friend of Whips, Chains, and Duct Tape, and she's built a very inclusive service that is Dating Kinky. Built by kinksters for kinksters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla, and it's free. But also check out a Plus membership. It gives you access to nine books, three online classes, and over 250 webinar replays. That's nearly 400 hours of kinky education. Plus membership is an amazing deal. You also get access to amazing features like voice and video chat. 
That's datingkinky.com.